Welcome back to The Wise Man's Page, the daily podcast where we read a page of The Wise Man's Fear and then we talk about it. This is page 375. Again, you have to think in terms of shoes. You don't want the biggest pair. You want the pair that fits. If your shoes are too big, your feet chafe and blister. In a similar way, my rooms chafed at me. There was an immense empty wardrobe, empty chests of drawers, and bare bookshelves. My room and anchors had been tiny, but here I felt like a dried pea rattling around inside an empty jewelry box. But while the rooms were too large for my non-existent possessions, they were too small for me. I was obliged to remain there, waiting for the mayor to summon me. Since I had no idea when this might happen, I was effectively trapped. In defense of the mayor's hospitality, I should mention a few positive things. The food was excellent if someone cold by the time it made its way from the kitchen. There was also a wonderful copper bathing basin. Servants brought the hot water, but it drained away through a series of pipes. I had not expected to find such conveniences so far from the civilizing influence of the university. (laughs) I was visited by one of the mayor's tailors, an excitable little man who measured me six dozen different ways while chattering about the court gossip. The next day, a runner boy delivered two elaborate suits of clothing in colors that flattered me. In a way, I was fortunate I'd met with trouble at sea. The clothing Alvarez tailors supplied was much better than anything I could have afforded, even with Thrape's help. As a result, I cut quite a striking figure during my stay in Severin. Best of all, while checking the fit of my clothes, the chatty tailor mentioned cloaks were in fashion. I took the opportunity to exaggerate somewhat about the cloak Fella had given me, bemoaning the loss of it. The result was a richly colored burgundy cloak. It wouldn't keep the rain off worth a damn, but I was quite fond of it. Not only did it make me look rather dashing, but it was full of clever little pockets, of course. So I was dressed, fed, and boarded in luxury. But despite this largesse, by noon of the next day, I was prowling my rooms like a cat in a crate. I itched to be outside, to have my loot out of pawn, to discover why the mayor needed the service of someone clever, well-spoken, and above all, discreet. And that's the page. I'm Nick. I'm Jordana. I'm Jeremy. And yes, Quoth is now a New Yorker. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Quoth in here. I'm Quoth in here. <laughs> I sort of imagined that passage as like a like a black and white cartoon, uh, like in a in a trench coat, like telling a story to about like his detective work. Like that's that is. Like, where that accent puts me. <laughs> yeah, and this is what happens when I don't get to do voices on the page. Much like Quoth trapped in his opulent rooms, you are trapped in this opulent podcast. Also, yes, so. new cloak alert. Ding, 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 ding. Yeah, ding, 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 ding. <laughs> Upgrade. Inventory. Mm-hmm. Although burgundy doesn't feel like Quoth's color to me. As a ginger, uh, burgundy is a tricky red, but it's one of the only reds that tend to like really match with like the the general like pinky pale like ginger look because it's hard to wear a vibrant red when you have ginger hair because it's kind of like a little bit too much of everything but burgundy like out of all the reds is the red that will work because it's darker and it's less saturated i suspect the burgundy cloak matches or complements his suit of clothing like i think his clothing is probably greens Greens and whites, so a burgundy would go nicely with that. Mm. You guys have seen me in a burgundy shirt before. I'm not saying that burgundy doesn't, like, isn't a color that a ginger could wear. I just always picture Quoth's cloak being green, so it's weird when he doesn't have one that's green. 
Uh, it's no particular color, Jeremy. Eat my ass. That's a different cloak. He has a green one too. Does he not go through? He ends up like he he goes through like five cloaks. He has a green one, a blue one, a burgundy one, and the cloak of no particular color. Why does he have a blue one? I feel like I did, I mapped this out at some point and then lost my note. Let's talk about what we can actually talk about. The page. They have plumbing, although they don't have running water. They have like half yeah. plumbing. Mm-hmm. They have the the waste goes away. Presumably, the waste goes down into Severin Low, mm-hmm. which is still a pretty big deal. And I wonder, I wonder how much of Severin has that luxury, right? It would be one thing if like Alvaron had specially like you know commissioned some you know fancy plumber from the university to come along and make sure his his palace has you know indoor plumbing, but it's not much good without the infrastructure that, you know, goes along with it. So like, do they have an entire plumbing infrastructure? That's not inconceivable to me. I mean, I I think they probably just have like pipes that like, like midden pipes, right? They just sort of toss all the crap into the pipes and then it goes away. Yeah. Like that's what I'm imagining too. But even that would be, would place it in a different category than a lot of medieval cities where they just, you know, threw their shit in the street. Do you think that everyone who arrives gets this treatment like yes i wonder what how unusual it is to have a someone arrive i guess on retainer for the mayor i guess if he's on retainer that's sort of the assumption here that like he gets room and board while he's waiting for the mayor's beck and call so that's sort of the the trade so maybe this is standard yeah i would say that the mayor is so fantastically wealthy that he just like if he has a guest and the guest is in his employ or or otherwise like an important person then that guest gets taken care of and it's like not really a great burden on the mayor's coffers and i think that's meant to indicate to us just how fantastically wealthy he is he finds out that cloth doesn't have luggage and rather than saying oh here's like a few gold coins like go get yourself something nice he's like no i'll have my i'll have my man take care of it and then he's like gets a personal tailor to like you know, outfit cloth in appropriate clothing for his for his time in Severin. Well, it might also be because he needs it for the job. And we know eventually what the job is going to be. But uh, it could, you know, at this point, in as a reader, you might encounter this and say, oh, maybe the mayor needs him outfitted to his standards, which are even higher than the like, fine, the decent clothes cloth ended up with. Quoth does remark that the clothes that he does end up with are better than anything he'd have been able to afford. I have to say, while I understand what Quoth is getting at, where he's like not comfortable in these rooms because they're like too big and opulent for him, uh, I can't relate. Whenever I get the chance to stay in a really fancy hotel or like someone's house that's like much nicer than mine, I'm always like, ooh, this is great. This is so much fun. Yeah, I'm the same. I like nice things. <laughs> I like nice things, but only for a short period of time. That's bizarre to me. <laughs> like, well, okay. Like, okay. So like, for example, like when Jeff and I got married, they upgraded our, our suite because they're like, oh, you're getting married. That's so cute. We're going to upgrade your room because it's empty anyway. Um, and it was crazy. Like, I've never seen a hotel room like this. It had like a fancy jacuzzi tub and it was a big bathroom and like a king size bed and it had a living room. It was weird. It was super weird. But like, like the next morning after... After it was over, we were very glad to go home to our tiny shoebox apartment and not be in the fancy hotel room. Well, to each their own. 
Yes, would that we could all have a fancy hotel room. The socialism I want is the champagne socialism variety where we all get to live in luxury. But I will say that I do empathize with Quoth's other reason for disliking his situation, which is that he is essentially trapped in his room until the mayor summons him. And I think we can all relate to being stuck in our living space and not really being able to leave it. Yes. And this is also maybe what Denna how Denna lives. Mm. She is basically on retainer most of the time and is basically kept until called for. So no wonder she moves when she can. Mm. Yes, very much. And this is again, like, you know, I'm sure the mayor doesn't mean to make Quoth feel trapped, but he is just used to people being available to him whenever he happens to want them and not having to take other people's time into consideration. He needs to be able to call on Quoth, right? And he, Quoth has no other lodgings. So, you know, if he was a noble, then presumably he would, you know, send a runner to his his apartments and his people would take the note and then make sure that he gets the note. So wherever he is, he would get there as soon as possible. Quoth has none of that. So it just makes the most sense that he stay nearby where he can be called upon. But of course, this has the added effect of Quoth being a prisoner. A different person might say, "Okay, Quoth, I, you know, I can't talk to you right now, but why don't I talk to you next Monday? But Alvaron doesn't have to care about other people's times or schedules. Other people are there to do what he wants when he wants them to do it. So he can just say, you're going to wait around until I have time to fit you in. You know, not say, go and live your life and we'll meet up on this day. Mm -hmm. I think that one more reason why Quoth might be feeling a bit antsy is because every day that goes by without him having money in his pocket is a day where his stuff is that much closer to being put on sale by the pawnbroker. Exactly. Ticking Mm -hmm. clock. Bad news bears. I just want to point out that this chapter ends with a kind of cliffhanger, which is kind of cool. If this was an episode of a TV show, it would be like, next week we learn why the mayor wants the service of someone clever, well-spoken, and discreet. Above all, discreet. It is a it is a good hook for the next chapter. Speaking of it being the end of the chapter and the next chapter coming, is it time for my note? It is. Wonderful. This was the end of a chapter. This chapter was called The Messenger. I assume referring to either Thrape being a person who writes a message for him or Quoth being the messenger who delivers Thrape's message, maybe. I don't know exactly. Yeah, I have to say, there isn't really a messenger in this chapter that I uh, am aware of. Because Quoth... Like, ah. theoretically, Quoth is the messenger who delivers Thrape's letter. So, But he's really delivering himself. Unless there's a coded message in the letter. Hmm. No, stop. Hmm. No. No, don't make that face. No. <laughs> I disagree. Don't you raise your eyebrows. Stop he's it. He's going to do it. You can't stop him. Chandrian. Yeah, the, the messenger is that uh, every character in this chapter is a Chandrian. Do we have a letter? We do not. We are out. Fresh out of letters. So, listeners. Oh, oh, oh. This is one of the few occasions when I will stop the episode to point out something uh, in the uh, in the chat. Uh, the listeners are clamoring to tell us that the bow that Quoth uses is called the messenger. The number three bow. I'm so glad they remembered that because obviously we skimmed right past This it. is why you got to join <laughs> in on the live stream. You can correct us and make us look like assholes in real time. Yeah. Instead of waiting for us to read your letter. So 
If you want to correct us and make us look like assholes, you can write us a letter at pageofthewind at gmail.com, or you can tune in on Sundays to our weekly live stream. Between one and three, we start, uh, depending on how my day is going. <laughs> and uh, It we'll... really is depending on, on you. <laughs> yeah, it really is depending on me. Ha, ha, ha. But you can do that at twitch.tv slash pageofthewind. Occasionally, we also do other things like stream video games. Jeremy and I play Vermintide here sometimes. Jordana streams her art. So uh, why don't you follow us on Twitch? Uh, uh, hit the bell to be notified or whatever. Like, like that, um, mash that like, uh, share, and subscribe button. Yeah, yeah, to be notified. And then you can also uh, support the show uh patreon.com slash page of the wind or buy us some Soundin at ko-fi.com slash page of the wind. It's coffee. It's, it's ko-fi. It's um, obviously It's ko-fi. coffee. It's the same as hi-fi, right? H-I-dash-F-I. You wouldn't I'm say I'm almost positive hi-fi. they call it. Well, actually, I think they call it Kofi, but it's not Kofi. Yeah, it was founded by. Well, then they should have had no hyphen. The hyphen makes it pronounced the same way as hi-fi. You can tweet at us and know. tell us which pronunciation you prefer on uh, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Page of the Wind. You can buy merch that will fall on one side of this issue or the other at our our Threadless. <laughs> threadless. Dot .threadless.com That's the one. And all of these things are available at our uh, website, uh, which is pageofthewind.com. We forgot to play the pronunciation game with Stapes' name. I always say Stapes, but it could mm, be Stapes. Yes, if he's Greek, it's Stapes. Stapes? Could it be Stapes? Yeah. And, and if he's a uh, business supply store, mm. he's Staples. And we will staple ourselves to you, the listener, on tomorrow's page. <laughs> um... <laughs> Good bit, Jeremy. Good bit. The win. The win.